You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns, episode 184. We're recording this here on March 27th. Guys, look, it's not that far away. We're within a month, you know, so look, you know, we try to hold back, uh, you know, obviously every day, you know, we hear some rumors linked to whatever team it may be. Uh, look, the Josh Allen ones, you know, the rising from the ashes here again for my Browns, guys. Guys, look, just be patient. First things first, there ain't nothing we're going to know till April 26th anyway. So everybody just breathe deep. We'll take our time. We'll get there soon. I am your host, Jeff Lloyd. Uh, actually, first time guest here tonight. Uh, like I said, guys, I put out a lot on the timeline. You know, I like to get feedback from you on some guys you guys want to, you know, you'd like to hear on the show. Um, you know, since you guys had us connect, I've gotten to his YouTube channel. Uh, I've watched a lot. Very thorough, in-depth, brings a ton of knowledge. From SB Nation, the Battle Red blog, Mr. Brett Coleman. Brett, thanks for joining us here this evening. Thank you for having me on. How's everything going? You good? Uh, you, 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 you know, hydrated, taking the vitamins. You're gonna make it to the end of April, all right, Brett? Um, I'm questionable, but uh, you know, even though I'm day to day, I think I'll make it. Uh, this is my favorite time of year, so once we get to the draft, I'll be a lot better than I am now. <laughs> and as Chris Berman used to say, day to day. But then again, aren't we all? So hey, guys, drink the green tea, <laughs> take the vitamins. We gotta do all we can. But uh, you know, a little nicer weather here. It's not the case for Brett, but. Uh, a little nicer weather here on the East Coast would uh, hopefully maybe make things a little easier to get through as we go, you know, get down down the line. Uh, Brett, I guess we'll start here. Uh, obviously, you know, you uh, you know covering the Texans like you do. Uh, you know, uh, you know, a rough way Deshaun Watson's season ended, but man, it was it was pretty special and pretty much it wasn't just a Houston Texans thing. It was an NFL fan thing, and you know, it was really exciting to see. You know, he had his you know his naysayers and some doubts about him. But, I mean, the first, you know, if it, whether it was seven, eight games or what we showed to Sean Watson, my God, man, you, you guys got yourself the real deal down there in Houston. Yeah, I, I, I think forever the Browns and Texans are going to be linked together because of Deshaun Watson in a whole bunch of different ways. Number one, the Browns kind of bailed Houston out by taking the, the Brock Osweiler contract uh, out of their books. And then they, in a way, kind of gifted them Deshaun Watson by trading down to Houston, and you know, at the time, Browns fans weren't really sure if they wanted Watson. It seemed really split within that fan base if he was going to be the guy of the future that they wanted. And the same thing for the Texans fans; they didn't really know if they wanted Deshaun or not. Uh, and so there was a lot of debate over summer among both fan bases of who got the better end of that deal, uh, whether or not the Browns could capitalize on a first-round pick the next year because people thought that the Texans might be a playoff team. So it's like, was it really worth it to maybe get a late-round first pick? And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, Brock Osweiler is, is there, and he's terrible uh, in, in Cleveland. So we're like, okay, well, that didn't work out for us. And Tom Savage is starting uh, for Houston, and he was terrible. So, okay, well, that didn't work out for Houston either. So it's still up in the air. And then Deshaun Watson comes in and defies all expectations. He looks spectacular. Meanwhile, Deshaun Kaiser was really struggling. Uh so there's kind of some animosity in Cleveland, and then Deshaun gets hurt, and the Texans win one more game the rest of the year, and they get a top-five pick out of it. So it's weird how both franchises are uh, you know, linked together in like five different ways just from that sequence <laughs> of events, and we're still not entirely sure who got the better end of the deal. Because uh, you know, if Cleveland gets two really good players in the top five, 
and assuming they take Sam Darnold and he turns out to be a quarter, good quarterback too, then it's really not that bad of a price to pay to get a quarterback and a top five pick out of it. You're just waiting one extra year. Uh, but if they if they get a quarterback who doesn't work out and Deshaun flourishes, then again you're going to see more animosity about it, just like there is about the Carson Wentz thing and you know of them passing on Carson Wentz a few years ago. So I feel I don't think we're going to know who quote unquote won that trade for another two or three years. But right now I think both teams are in a pretty good position. I think with Deshaun. I think the way the Browns view themselves is is they needed to have the house a lot more in order before they went and decided, okay, this is our guy, this is fitting what we've got. And maybe they missed the boat on this a little bit, where Deshaun just kind of walked into Houston and said, look, this is who I am, this is what I do. And you know, maybe it wouldn't have worked in Cleveland. You know, obviously, you know, a lot of you know losing, you know, a lot of losing, a lot of losing. You know, would it? Would it, would it, you know, if he had caught it, would it have affected him? But, you know, he kind of just walked into Houston and, you know, like a fish to water. Um, and like you said, you know, if they do get the right quarterback at one, and the fact that they have four and 35, you know, at, it could end up that it's it's a wash. If these teams get to where they want to be, and, you know, you can never, you know, you can never, if you got your guy, you got your guy. You know, I remember everybody last year during the draft, oh, Chicago got, you know, shafted by a rookie GM. Look, Chicago's got Mitchell Trubisky. They're ecstatic. They don't care what they paid or if they got hoodwinked by San Francisco for a guy they were never going to take. At the end of the day, when it's, you're talking quarterback, you got to go get your guy, which is what happened here. But it is funny, I mean, because everybody, everyone on the whole was just like, man, this is terrible. Which it was for Deshaun Watson. I mean, look, I dropped my kids off at school. I was already seeing, in here in New Jersey, I'm already seeing kids rocking Deshaun Watson jerseys. So I knew the effect he was having. But meanwhile, you know, covering the Browns, it was like, well, wow. No, and now there's two picks, you know, contingent on Houston's record. Man, things just got really interesting. And, you know, Cleveland continued to just, you know, shoot themselves in the foot week in and week out. Uh, and Houston, I mean, you know, they did the best they could. They just didn't have the ammunition. And so, you know, now you ended up giving away picks 4 and 35. But Deshaun comes back healthy, plays the way he's capable of. Uh, you know, I don't think Houston's going to miss much of a beat. Uh, as, you know, we're going to move on here. Uh, Brett, every game, when I have somebody on when we're talking draft and I have you on the first time, I always like to everybody, like, look, give me, who are a couple of your guys? I mean, we've, we, you know, you know got some guys we're going to focus on here. But, you know, whether it's a first-round guy, everybody's always got some day three guys they love. Give me a couple of Brett Coleman guys. Well, I'm watching a lot of Isaiah Oliver this week. I only watched about a game and a half of him when I was doing my preliminary rankings, and I had him as, like, I think my my number three or number four corner. Uh, I've been watching a lot of him this week because I'm doing an episode on him, and he is now my top corner in the whole draft. This dude is going to be really, really good. I, I think he's probably going to be a top 10 to 15 guy on my, on my overall draft board, probably closer to the top 10. Whether or not he goes that high, I have no idea. A lot of people still prefer Denzel Ward. And, and don't get me wrong, I like Denzel Ward. Um, but I, I think you look at Isaiah Oliver and the the fluidity and the length he brings to the position as a bigger corner is extremely rare. He's very technically refined as a man corner. He's one of the few bigger body corners that I've seen that can play both, both press and off competently, uh, if not way above average. That's extremely rare as well. It gives him scheme diversity. Uh, I think he looks 
just right now, out of the box, he looks like a faster, more fluid version of Richard Sherman. Uh, and I know that's high praise because Richard Sherman's an all-pro and everything like that. He's not quite as vertically explosive, and Richard Sherman obviously is, uh, is extremely good in zone coverage in terms of reading quarterbacks and baiting quarterbacks and all that. He, he's not quite there yet in zone, but in man, he looks like a carbon copy of Richard Sherman, which to me is well worth a top-ten pick. Uh, and just kind of making it relevant to, to your audience for Cleveland, you know, I'm okay with Jamar Taylor and, you know, Body Calhoun and all that. Like, it's not a, a super desperate situation at corner, but I don't think they have a true number one corner on the roster. Yeah. So I don't know if they'll take Oliver at four, especially if Minkah Fitzpatrick is there and all that, because they, they do need a free safety. But if they trade down, you know, let's say a team wants to come up for a quarterback, whether it's Rosen or Allen or Mayfield, whoever is left after the Browns take Darnold, if they trade out of four, all of a sudden Oliver is in play to be their number one corner, and they look at Darnold and Oliver as their first round haul, and that's really, really good, really good. Uh, you know, maybe not something that Cleveland does need is guard. The guy that I'm looking at uh, beyond the obvious of Quentin Nelson is Isaiah Wynn from Georgia. He played left tackle at Georgia, and I think he, he has a chance to play tackle in the NFL as well because he's so fluid and so athletic and his feet are so good. But as a guard, I think he's a future all-pro, especially in a zone system. He is so damn quick. Uh, he can reach block. He can block in space. Uh, he looks just like Zach Martin when Zach Martin was at Notre Dame. I think he's a future all-pro that is way undervalued, way undervalued. Uh, and, you know, even if Cleveland does want to solidify the offensive line uh, to improve in front of Darnold, maybe they do. It's not like you can ever have too many good offensive linemen. He's another guy who I think they could look at in a trade-down scenario. There's a lot of value in this class. There's a lot of value in the first round. It's a very deep class. And I think you can go all the way from 1 to 32 in this first round and get a good player. Absolutely. I think, and I see that, you know, with with the moves they made, and, you know, obviously they had 12 picks. They had no problem moving away from day three picks. I think what the way they're looking at this early is, is they have a strong evaluation of these of this first two rounds, preliminary. Obviously, you know, final board still being worked on, things of that, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I think they value this top 64. They're going to have a lot of fun knowing that they got the five picks here. If they could move four and make it a six-pack of the 64, I think they got no issue with that. I love that you brought up Wynn. Uh, you know, I think he may even get a shot at left tackle just because of the fact that there was nobody in free agency. You know, there was the one guy, the Giants went and go ahead and they got him. And, you know, I'm still to this day and you know, I'm having daily conversations of whether or not there's a left tackle left tackle who actually warrants going in the first round. Guys are gonna go in the first round because of the demand of the position. So, you know, Isaiah Wynn may get some time out there just because he may be the best man now, but knowing, look, if we get another guy, you know, we have zero issue just dropping him inside. Oliver, the funniest thing is, is that you got to talk about these defensive backs that Colorado's turned out the last two years. I mean, this is now, I think this is the fourth or the fifth guy. Ridiculous amount of talent coming out of that secondary. And I love what you brought up, the length. And I think it depends whether or not Greg Williams is a long-term fit here in Cleveland. But that is a guy that he values with that. He likes the guys who can get nasty within that five yards. He didn't have those guys last year. That's where we got to the most disgusting-looking all-22 defensive tape you've ever seen in your life, where every defensive back was, you know, the corners were 10 yards off. The safety was, you know, he wasn't even in Cleveland. He was closer to Cincinnati than he was Cleveland. So, you know, stuff like that, it's interesting. And you kind of got to move away from it. 
And I do love the it's not fact. Not like Demarius Randall is going to fix that either. I, 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 Randall, Randall's the same kind of guy. Like he's not a press corner. No, he's not. But actually, from everything we're saying, is is right now Demarius Randall's going to go play some free safety. And you know whether or not how good that's going to work out, it's it's going to be interesting. But you know, here's a guy who needs it, who needed a fresh start. Obviously, you know, with High Smith and Wolf, here are some guys that obviously went to bat for him. So you know, he'll play a little free safety. So it's going to be interesting how that works out. But yes, with all the additions they've made, you can look at this and say, yeah, they got a lot of guys who can play corner. But I mean, you know, who's the top dog of this group? So you know, that's something that's obviously you know, they're in my opinion of the five of the top 64. You're looking for a guy who can hopefully become that. Guys, if you're listening through the uh, megaphone link, I do appreciate it. But iTunes, Spotify, whatever you know, your, your drink of choice is, go ahead, subscribe there. Please leave a nice five-star review. Tell everybody what a fantastic job I'm doing here. I appreciate you guys for doing so. Now, Brett, as we're going to move on here, uh, you know, part of the reason, and this is the biggest talk that anybody wants to talk about right now, quarterbacks, quarterbacks at one, quarterbacks at one, quarterbacks at one, quarterbacks at one. And now today, Chris Mortensen comes on out, and good old Chris, God love him for all he's been through. For the information he gave, I was happy with. It's pretty much what we think. But then he kind of handed in a, a second part to it. Said that the Cleveland Browns are content whether it would be Sam Darnold or it could be Josh Allen. I hope that was kind of a just a, let me just throw that in there to be nice and give a second name. But uh, give me some thoughts here. Uh, you know, Sam Darnold, obviously Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield. You know, Josh Allen's name does deserve to be. Whether or not I think he deserves to be here, like we were saying pre-show, he is going to be in this range. He is going to go early, a lot earlier than any of us, I mean most of us, think he should. But go ahead, give me your thoughts here on this, guys. And if you were making the selection, which one would you take one overall? I mean, if the Cleveland Browns take Josh Allen first overall, I'll eat a shoe. There, there's no way. There, there's absolutely no way that it's anybody but Darnold or at least it shouldn't be. And if they take anybody but Darnold, they should be fired immediately. Not that I... Don't even don't get to pick four. Like. Do not even get to pick four. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it has to be Darnold at one, because Darnold's not going to make it to four. I mean, there's absolutely no way. Like, uh, if, if the top four <laughs> picks are all quarterbacks, I won't be surprised. But the, the top, top one has to be Darnold. He's the one with the least amount of question marks by far. And I'm not saying that that there's not aspects of Allen and Rosen and Mayfield that I like a lot. Uh, you know, I, I think all of them are going to be top ten picks, and I think all of them in certain ways deserve to be taken there, but in certain situations. You know, there's certain teams that I would not draft Allen for under any circumstances, and there's certain teams that I think he is worth a top ten pick. You know, it, it's, it's a lot of different situations that you have to take into consideration here. But for Cleveland's situation, it has to be done. They need a guy who can start right away, who comes from a pro-style system, so the transition is a little bit easier, who can handle the pressure of reviving a franchise that, to be honest, <laughs> it needs to be completely revitalized. Uh, you know, it, I think he he's comfortable in the spotlight. He's comfortable as an underdog. Um, he's comfortable under pressure, which Deshaun Kaiser, bless his heart, is not. And I think he's got, he doesn't have the elite arm that Josh Allen has, but he's got a good arm. He's not an elite athlete like Lamar Jackson, but he's a good athlete. He, he checks so many boxes, and he's so well-rounded as a prospect that I think he is the only realistic option at one. The only one. <coughs> and as much as, as much as I'm okay with Josh Allen uh, in a situation like maybe the Giants, where he's sitting behind Eli and can develop for two years, 
Under no circumstances would I throw him into Cleveland into that meat grinder right now. It, it would not work out at all. So I think Mortensen, you know, when he's saying that Josh Allen's in consideration, to be honest to me, that just looks like Cleveland's trying to fluff up the value of Josh Allen so they can move the number four pick. That's what that looks like to me. I think they're trying to sell him to Arizona. They're trying to sell him to Miami or Baltimore or some other team that might try to come up, or especially even Buffalo. I think they're trying to sell him to other teams more than they're trying to sell him to themselves. Okay. Now, uh, you know, as far as you know, Rosen. I know. You, I know you're out there, obviously, on the West Coast. Is Josh is Josh Rosen something that should be worried about, or is this a fact that these are the way athletes are going to be? And look, we're all getting younger. These kids going to the draft prospect are always going to be 20, 21 years old, and they, they they've grown up so much different than a lot of you know than a lot of us have. Are these guys just going to be more? Yeah, I, I want to say maybe well-rounded, where you're not going to get the guy who eats, sleeps, and drinks football. And to, to me, like I, you know, the whole social activism and everything like that, I don't really care about that. I mean, Malcolm Jenkins is super active. You got it. Uh, in terms of camping, you know, Chris Long, uh, you know, there's a, there's literally a whole award called the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award that is dedicated to social activism. So I think people saying that teams are turned off by that no they're not they don't really care people in the media like bill polian might care but bill polian doesn't work in the nfl so why why we're taking his opinion into consideration for what you know a gm thinks in the nfl i i, I don't know I, I don't personally care about it i think it's a good thing because it shows that at the very least you know he might have a little bit of perspective you know <laughs> perspective about the real world i think that's that's fine the thing that worries me about Rosen is something that I don't think actually gets talked about enough, and that's his concussions. If there's one thing that's really deflating his value to me, it's the fact that he's already had two really bad concussions, and, and every time you get a really bad concussion, it gets easier to get another really bad concussion. Yeah. I think he's only a couple terrible hits away from missing a significant amount of time. Uh, and obviously it's pure speculation, I'm not a doctor and everything like that, but, you know, that is a position that you're expected to get beat up for four straight quarters. And especially if he's going to a team that might not have the best pass protection in the world, whether it's, you know, the Giants or, um, God, even the Browns without Joe Thomas. <laughs> you know, if he's expected to go to a team that doesn't have great pass protection and he's getting lit up every single week, can he hold up without getting concussions? That's my main concern. And that's why I think that even if his tape is really good, he might go later than people expect because teams' medical staffs are worried about that. It does make a lot of sense. And it, 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 you know, and the other thing is, is you know, with the college, obviously, the way the collegiate injuries work, we're not privy to much information on that. And you know, I'm not sure what kind of testing they could... There's not much testing they can do as far as the combine. And, and like you said, if he's going to go early, most likely you don't have a good offensive line. Usually teams with good offensive lines, you know, they find their way out of the three-win, four-win, five-win range. So it is something to worry about. I just think, you know, I, I, but I do, if you're looking straight at the tape, I think he's where you want anybody to be at this point. And it, it's a great thing. And it doesn't bother me. And, and the thing is, is, and this is the biggest problem with, you know, you're being the socially at, you know, active type of... It seems like people are picking and choosing who it's okay for to do it and who it's not okay for to do it. 
which is, I mean, it's just basically, it's crap. You can't have it that way, or you can't say, oh, well, the quarterback's not allowed to worry about things. He's our quarterback. But you know what? It's okay that our starting safety or starting defensive end, you know, he cares about what's going on in the world. But our quarterback's not allowed to. He's not allowed to have his own opinions. It's it's a lot of BS. It's a lot of nonsense that just, you know, the old guard of the NFL and what happened with Darius Geis at the Combine, that crap, that crap just has to stop. It needs to cease. It's just a terrible look. And especially when you're trying to market your product to everybody, but you still allow these things to go on, it's something the NFL really needs to work on as far as that. Uh, guys, look, it's two days away. Uh, I know for some people looking out your window, you got snow on the ground, but Major League Baseball is starting in two days. Uh, Lockdown Major League Baseball, they got you covered. Whatever team you need, go ahead, dig them up. The guys are ready, the shows are launched, everybody's doing their work. So Lockdown MLB, guys, go ahead, find your team, follow your show, listen along. Now, uh, I just, one more I want to go with here, Brett, is the running back position. Uh, I, I don't know if this is, I think it's something Cleveland needs. Look, you signed Carlos Hyde, which is essentially a one-year deal. You have a fantastic guy who helps in the passing game the way Duke Johnson is has. That There's no way it seems that they're ever going to give him a bigger piece of the pie, which that's fine. It, it, extend him, pay him his money, and let him know he's appreciated, at least for what he does. But I, this... If I want to say, you know, maybe 33 to probably about, you know, somewhere, you know, maybe even, you know, past, maybe even to the 70s, there are a lot of good running backs in this group. Dorsey's MO is not usually to go high on one, but if he's got these, this amount of picks up high, and there's a guy he really likes, I think they may bite. Give me some, a couple favorites here. I mean, obviously, you know, the Saquon Barkley talk has been done to death. Special player. I'm just not drafting him for because I've already got a guy like Duke Johnson who does the receiving part, so I don't need a guy who's great in all phases. I kind of need more of a churner on first and second down. But give me your thoughts here on this running back class. I'm a big fan of Balazs, personally. Okay. A uh, kid from Arizona State. Uh, he is a load. He is an absolute load. And even bigger load than him, we have Bo Scarborough uh, from Bama, who, again, is probably more of a Garrett blunt role player than he is a first, second, third down back. But, man, if you want somebody who can combine with Duke Johnson uh, to be kind of that one-two punch behind the starter and Carlos Hyde, like, you know, if you want to give Hyde a blow on third and one and bring in a big body that can convert and then bring in Duke Johnson right after that to be your receiving back, uh, Scarborough is kind of in that mid-round range that Dorsey really looks for in his role player running back. Uh, he is a fantastic athlete. He's extremely hard to get on the ground once he gets going. Um, I think, just looking at it for me, if you want to round out a running back rotation and kind of give your future quarterback a little bit of everything to work with, if you can't get all of it in one player like Saquon Barkley, I think Scarborough is kind of that missing piece. You've got Hyde as your, you know, your versatile inside runner, outside runner, can do a little bit of receiving work. Scarborough is the big body. Johnson is the receiving back. That's a really good three-headed rotation in me, and I, I would not be surprised at all if Scarborough goes to Cleveland, just because he kind of fits that role that they need really well. It's not a name I thought about, but now that actually you brought it up, I, I kind of see the fit. And you know, obviously, if Hyde, if it's only a one-year deal, you've got your two of three. You know, running backs, you can always find somebody if you need them. That is an interesting name. It is, and you know, obviously, you know, you know, with the AFC North, you know, chance you're gonna be playing with some elements, and you know. You know, Alabama loved him. You know, granted, there weren't many games that needed to be decided in the fourth quarter, 
but you know when they needed to close them out, it was kind of all right. Everybody jump on the bow bus. He'll take us home here. So that's an interesting name, actually. Yeah, that's not one. That's I don't think anyone's even brought him up for a Cleveland target to this point. But that is definitely an interesting name to attach here to the Browns and Bo Scarborough. Wow. All right. All right. Right. Brought a good one there, man. Now this is the one I've been waiting for. I appreciate it. Now this is one I've been waiting for. Now Bradley Chubb. It seems like. Everybody wants to put him as the be-all, end-all, you know. See, for me, I don't know if I necessarily want to call him an edge. I think I view him more as the traditional 4-3 defensive end. And I'm not selling Bradley Chubb short here by any means whatsoever. I think he's going to be a highly functional defensive end, you know, capable of hitting that 10-sack plateau per year. You know, he should give you some assistance in the run game. But Harold Landry, who's 17 tape, gosh, just throw it out the window. The guy was injured. Go to 16. Watch him just purely dominate teams. Gave Clemson and Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Watson a hard time. Absolutely destroyed Florida State. Granted, he was on the wrong end of a 38-7 loss, but he was chasing Dalvin Cook from down from behind. Sent Francois to the tent. Special, special talent. Now, this is one where, you know, you, you mentioned earlier, Brett, the possible trade-down scenario, you know, and where you maybe added a corner. If I'm Cleveland and I can get out of four, and I can convince Buffalo to give up 12 and 22, and I can look at a guy, Landry, who I love, or cornerback, or some sort of way to get a cornerback and Harold Landry into this mix. It's something I'm going to do. But Harold Landry, Brett, special, special guy. And I still think people, even this late in the process, are selling him short. I'm looking at Mox where he's going mid-20s, and if I can get a guy in the mid-20s who's going to get more sacks than the guy I'm going to draft at four, why did I draft that guy at four? Yeah, Harold Landry, uh, people don't realize, <laughs> 2017, he was at like 70 or 80%, and he was still a pretty damn good player. Uh, but you look at his 2016 tape, and he was completely unblockable. If it was third and seven, you better double him or it was going to be a sack. Because he is so explosive, his bend is phenomenal. Just absolutely phenomenal. It's very Von Miller-like. Uh, maybe not quite the same twitch of Von Miller. He's more like a 90% of Von Miller. But 90% of Von Miller is still better than most other rushers in the entire league. <laughs> so <laughs> I like I'll take 90% of Von Miller all day long. And I think if you you know let's say they do trade down, uh, Buffalo comes up and you know pays a king's ransom for a quarterback like many expect them to do. If they're sitting there at 12 and Landry's on the board. I'm all of a sudden looking at a scenario where if I can get a team into third and seven or third and eight, I've got Miles Garrett, Emmanuel Agba, and Harold Landry all in the field at the same time. Good luck. Good luck. I mean, even if they don't have a number one corner, it might not even matter if the quarterback only has two and a half seconds to throw the ball before he dies. So that, that's a very intriguing scenario. I'm a big fan of Landry. Uh, yeah, I think he can play in a 34 or a 43, and I think he is going to go a lot higher than people might expect because NFL GMs know that 2016 was the real Harold Landry. They know that 2017 was not himself, and I think if you're drafting a player based on potential, you have to look at his entire body of work and not just the last season. So if he goes in the top 15, I won't be surprised at all. Uh, he's really a fit for every single team because he can, he can rush the passer for every single team. So the sky's the limit for him. Yeah, I mean, when you're drafting in the first round, it comes down to you're looking for quarterbacks, you're looking for sacks, 
or you're looking for guys who can score touchdowns, or you're looking for elite left tackles. We don't have the elite left tackles, so throw that right out the window. Wide receivers, we don't really have a, you know any guys that really deserve top attention here. You know the running back. You know obviously there's Saquon. So who's going to get bumped up? It's probably going to be the edge guys because you know at least you've seen what they can do, and, and, and you know you, you know they checked all the boxes whether it's athletically because Landry's combine was fantastic. If you go to the 16 tape, you see there's a damn good football player there. So Harold Landry, I think 12's that sweet spot because one of the teams I keep hearing is he wouldn't get past Green Bay at 14. So that's you know that's one you got to look at. Um, as far as Houston, you know, Brett, obviously it's tough to you know, look at it, you know, look at it when you're not picking to when you guys, you know, obviously you finally get on the clock, you know, late on day two. What is Houston looking for? What is probably, you know, it's kind of hard to address need, and you really never necessarily want to draft for need. But what is something that Houston's going to be looking for here when they finally do get on the clock late on Friday night? Literally any offensive lineman, doesn't matter what position on the offensive line, just any one of them. Uh, they Their offensive line was so thin and so depleted and just outright bad last year uh, at, at virtually every position except for center. Nick Martin was pretty much the lone, uh, you know, good, <laughs> good productive player on the offensive line. So it doesn't matter if it's guard, if it's tackle, whether they're developmental or, you know, maybe more of a pro-ready guy who got hurt, like let like Billy Price fall because of his tech injury and they, they pick him up in the third. Not saying he will because he's healthy talent, but, you know, I'm just, you know, filling out a wish list here, but pretty much the, the best offensive lineman on the board, whatever position it is, I think they're going to grab them because, uh, A, you can never have enough of them, and B, if you really want your young franchise quarterback to develop, you got to protect it. It's, that's rules number one, two, and three. you got to protect your franchise quarterback, especially in this division where you're going against Jacksonville and Titans, who both have really good defensive fronts, so... Uh, doesn't matter whether it's left guard, right guard, left tackle, right tackle, whatever's there, they got to take it. If you're if you're a decent old lineman, you got a pulse and you pass the physical, you're on the board in Houston apparently. Uh, Brett, uh, before we you know start putting a bow on this, uh, what can any of the listeners? Obviously, you know the YouTube channel, you do a fantastic job there. Uh, you know, listeners, readers, what can they expect for you? You know, between now and obviously, you know, uh, in about four you know, four and a half weeks or so. Well, I got Isaiah Oliver coming out this week on my channel, a, a, a pretty long breakdown of him, kind of defending my position that he's the best corner in this class, which I truly do believe. Uh, I'm getting a lot of requests, ironically, enough for Harold Landry, so I might do a, a Landry episode in the next couple weeks. And then I got a very, very long, uh, hour-plus-long mock draft special coming out right before the draft. Uh, so Browns fans are probably going to be interested in that one because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about their team a lot because they have a lot of picks. Uh, so that's kind of my content plan leading up to the draft, and then over summer I kind of look at you know some rookies from last year who performed well. I uh, do some fantasy stuff kind of after the Fourth of July. So I've got a whole lot going on in the next you know four or five months leading up to the start of the season. Ah, thank you so much, guys. Uh, obviously, you've been listening to Locked On Browns episode 184. Uh, Brett Coleman has been kind enough to join us here from the SB Nation Battle Red Blog. Follow Brett at Brett Coleman. Uh, guys, I appreciate you. Follow the show at Locked On Browns. Uh, as always, guys, you know I keep it a follow-back account. It, it's the best way you guys help me so much put together great content, great guests. I appreciate you guys for that. Follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, guys, it's we're getting closer. You know, everybody, just breathe, breathe. If you can't take, sometimes maybe you need the Twitter break. You don't need to see that much news. 
And guys, look, listen to everything that's being put out, but don't believe everything. It's it, a lot of smoke. It's just the way it goes. Just breathe. We got plenty of time. Plenty of time for all intents and purposes. Everything I've read and everybody I talked to, it's still Sam Darnold. Yes, in a perfect world, I'd pick Josh Rosen, even with the concussions. But it is, guys. Just be patient. Guys, everybody have a great night. We'll be back tomorrow night. Actually, we got the boys coming back. We're going to do a fan speak live mock draft. So that's always fun with Steven and Jake. So you guys have a great night. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. Let's go Browns.